Hello and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast. My name is Michael and we're back today for another episode of TTRPG Crowdfunding Review. And this is the show where we take a look at some currently funding crowdfunding, that makes sense, campaigns across any of the spectrum of uh, sites that do that and see if there's something we have found that maybe you would be interested in and might have missed. Joining me as always is Larry. Larry, say hello to everyone. Hi and good morning. Good morning to you, sir. And then join us also, as always, is Ellen. Ellen, say hello to everyone. Hello. All right. So quickly, Larry, you have your own podcast. If you want to quickly tell people about that. That's an anchor-based uh, podcast. Uh, usually it releases on Wednesdays after my uh, home game nights. Uh, it's Mumphrey's Musings, where I recap the weekly adventures that we go on in my home group. Fantastic. And then, Ellen, you also do some streaming and podcasting and stuff, if you want to share with everyone. Sure. Yeah. I. Um do the art and occasional playing and running of things over on chaotic wonderful, which is uh twitch.tv slash chaotic wonderful. And if you are at all interested in joining some of those games, check out our Twitter and we have little notifications on there about how you can join. Uh, also I play on uh, the Isle of Misfit Rolls on Tuesday nights uh, on Twitch. So that's uh, Misfit Rolls on Twitter. R O L L S. And we will have links to all of this in the show notes, as always. I will also note that all three of us will be at a Catacon in November, 4th, 5th, and 6th, the Dayton Convention Center in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, the Kickstarter fully funded very successfully. We're now over on Tabletop Events, so if you would like to get a ticket now, you can do so there. Registration will open to the public on October 15th at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. We have so many events. Like, it's almost getting ridiculous now. There's, we don't have nearly enough players to fill these games up. It's, it's kind of silly. Uh, so we need more players. We need more people to sign up because we have wonderful games, and I don't want any of these to not happen because we don't have enough players. So uh, please join us and come hang out in November. It's a great time. So with that out of the way, we're going to jump into the show proper. Uh, most, most times we do this, we each bring three. I don't know if anyone has any shout-outs today. Uh, but we're going to cover three of um, currently running Kickstarter or other crowdfunding platform campaigns. Uh, some things that caught our eye. I will start today. I'm going to talk about Daybreak, which was found on Backerkit. And Daybreak is basically, it's a game, cooperative board game about stopping climate change. And it was at least co-created by Matt Lecoq, who was the creator of Pandemic, which is one of the few games my wife likes to play with me. Uh, so it's, I think it works kind of similarly to that, where you and the rest of the people, you work together um, and try to like coordinate to build the technologies of the future that we will need for a resilient society to save our planet from climate change, global warming. And even if you think all that is nonsense, which it is not, but if you do, you can still have fun because sometimes I play nonsense games about killing orcs. Those aren't really so anyway, uh, it's an engine builder game. So if you're familiar with those, kind of like uh, Wingspan is one I played recently where you're going to draft things and build things and coordinate and place meeples and all that's going to work together to synergize to give you more resources so that the next turn you can do even more, so on and so forth. Uh, it's got tons of people that are involved that are very prominent in the space. They're, you know, they have a pedigree for being successful at funding games and creating games that are fun to play. If you go to the Backer Kit page, again, there'll be links in the show notes. There's already some reviews out there from people who have played it. Uh, I read one in particular. I can't remember the name of the person who, re who wrote the review. Basically, it was like, I played the game and I was mad because it was so much fun. <laughs> So again, I like Pandemic as a as a type of game. I like cooperative games as a whole because I get to play with my family. We don't have any hurt feelings. So this one is very much high up on my list. 
it is already well past funded. Again, back, still backer kits still weird. I'm still used to Kickstarter. Uh, it had an original goal of seventy five thousand. Last I checked, it was over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So it is certainly well funded. But if you're interested in getting it, I would assume it'll come to retail later. But again, I don't know how that works. There's only one pledge level. It's forty nine nine nine. That's for the game. Um, shipping will be collected after, and it's estimated right now to be about ten bucks for the U.S. and ten to fifteen in Canada. I didn't look at the others, but usually they're more expensive. So, you know, you do you. Uh, and the expect- expected delivery is May of 2023. Larry, Ellen, either of you have any thoughts on this one? Good pedigree there. I mean, Pandemic's one of the most well-known of that style of game, isn't it? Yeah. A lot of fun. And I literally just shared this with my science-inclined friends because I was like, oh, they would love this. And it yeah. looks like looking through the like images and the little like gif preview of people actually playing it it looks like it's um very cool and interactive and fun and like that's great i'm excited about it <laughs> and, and i like games that are hopeful like that's, oh, yeah. that's what this game is about i like games that you know the the problem with those is when things go poorly it's soul crushing because <laughs> you're trying to be hopeful and then you get murderized but if it goes well it could be an uplifting saturday after it yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll jump over to Larry next. What is your first one this week, sir? Uh, the first one I've got is called Gateway to Adventure, and it is found on Kickstarter. This is a trilogy of varying and optional rules for old-school essentials, classic D&D, and other old-school renaissance or revival-type games. This one's, again, a trilogy, so it's got three separate uh, pieces to it here. It's sitting at $9,900. That's uh, short of its funding goal of 12500 And it's going to be going until October 15th on this one. So it's not even halfway there yet. And they're just shy of uh, their goal. And uh, they've got plenty of stretch goals, too, uh, that they have lined up after that. But I'd uh, like to see this one make it to the finish line and uh, fund. Appendix N Entertainment is the one uh, handling this Kickstarter here, and they have created nine so far, uh, backed 355, so they are pretty active uh, as far as that goes. Your entry pledge here for PDFs uh, would be $30, and that would get you each of the trilogy of, sorry, you would get all three PDFs, which covers the three different books. If you wanted to get those with print and PDF, it's $80 for all of those. Uh, Now, the way these are broken up, you've got um, the first one is a class compendium that's got uh, additional. And with the OSE, if you're doing the basic version instead of the advanced version, or if you're doing the old uh, like D&D basic sets, there was a race as class type of thing. So you had a dwarf and that was your class. It wasn't just you know, part of your character, that was your class. So in this one, they have added in several things. Like if you've played RuneQuest before, you ha- they have the duck people. You can play a duck in this one. You can play leprechauns. They've got um, different, a couple different elf uh, variants on here, the witch class, and some other ones I'm not familiar with. Uh, but uh, the class itself is uh, adding a bunch of things that will work with either the OSE core rules or advanced rules. So any of the core stuff goes back to the basic D&D type as well. And uh, again, this can be, is expected to be ported to all of your OSR, the, the variants of, of that system there. They are looking uh, at putting all of that stuff into one booklet. So you've got your class compendium with race options, with lore and illustrations for every uh, one of their new ones. 
There are also additional lore and options that they're putting in there for the Old School Essentials Core and Advanced classes. The second book they're putting uh, together here is the Combat Conspectus, which is completely focused around combat and those rules. So they're uh, putting in combat styles, a different style or a different setup for initiative, if you don't like the standard initiative uh, rules in there combat maneuvers in here and they have a section specifically tailored to like a tournament gaming so you've got they're including jousting rules target shooting rules and melee combat rules as far as going through like what you would see in a knight's tale or something of that nature so you can play out those type of festival events uh, and then the third one that they're dealing with or going to be putting out here is your caster's codex uh, this one includes new spells and new spell lists for classes that also are including the new spells would be broken up into how it fits with the old classes as well. There's non-vancing casting, which takes away your, you know, your strict spell slots, and it may be a point system, uh, something of that nature. But they have a, a variant on uh, casting. There's also ritual casting spells, blood magic spells, light magic coming along. That sounds almost like your dark sun type stuff, but. Some of the material, especially um, some of the casting material here in a couple of the classes and races have been previously published with Appendix N products. So there is uh, a couple notes on that. So if you've bought a lot of their other stuff, you know, you might not want to get all three of these. You might just want to look at a couple if you even want to expand your game at all. But anything that was uh, printed earlier has been brought into these has been reformatted and again they'll have illustrations new illustrations and art for some of this they're looking at as far as stretch goals go adding new classes and races for the first couple stretch goals but they've got to get funded first and again they're not quite there yet 25000 is their big stretch goal in which they're going to go from the regular binding like a glued type binding back to a sewn in binding which it would be nice to hit that but they'd have to double you know, their funding goal. And that's, that seems like a bit we, of a We stretch. can do that for them. Like we have that kind of pull, right? You gotta, you gotta yeah, push I mean, them up and over the edge. Right. <laughs> um, they also have a pledge level. If you're interested in Appendix N, the stuff that they have put out, which again, uh, seems to be focused around older editions or the old school revival type stuff. They have uh, pledge levels to add in print and digital versions of their, of their other items as well. But um, this one is expected or hoping to be put out by November of 2023. Have all three books printed and uh, hopefully delivered by then. So it's a bit in the future, but they have a lot of people on board lined up for their stretch goals. Um, again, it's it's listed down here later in the end, but you've got your three different books they're coming out with to specialize in your combat, your classes, and uh, magic. So take a look at those if any of those interest you. I know we've we touched on this before. You, you're kind of our OSR guide, like you're you know you're the one that that is into that more than the rest of us, and and remembering it too. I do have a question though, because I know OSR is like a just a broad term is is sort of like any of the games that are sort of a throwback to some of the older versions of the game, maybe some of the style of the game. But so these are optional rules for OSR, but there are other games that are OSR. Are these compatible with all the games that are OSR or are these only compatible with certain games that are OSR? I don't know how blanket a term OSR is in this case. In this one, it's specifically lined up with the old school essentials, which is, you know, one particular game uh, okay. and also your classic D&D, which old school essentials, the basic version of that is set up to be a sort of a reformatting and a cleaning up of the basic and expert rules. Excuse gotcha. me. And then OSE Advanced goes into 
adding in and splitting up races, classes, um, and adding a more complexity to it. But mm-hmm. it's still considered since you know that was stuff was originally published in the late seventies and, and through the eighties. They're still considering it old school. And then they do mention in their tagline and other OSRs. So um, they're such a fairly close family that it shouldn't be a difficult measure going from swords and wizardry if you're using that rule set to go ahead and, and put these into your game if you want. Gotcha. I, I kind of assume that, but I, just, I wanted to say because I'm sure I'm not the only one that was slightly confused about that. That's Yeah, yeah. It's a family tree that is wide and varied. Uh, I do want quickly, well, no, sorry, just back to mine. I forgot. Um, so the one I covered, Daybreak, it ends in 25 days from recording. Um, I don't know if you mentioned yours ends in about 19 days from recording. So a little over two weeks for you, about three weeks for me on, on my first one. Ellen, if you don't have anything, feel free to jump into your first one, please. Oh, my one comment about this was I think it's really cool that they want to hire, with, with a stretch goal, having a historical fencing coach. Mm, right rules. Yeah, that part too. was really cool. I was like, oh, that's such a cool idea. But anyway. Yeah, they're going to do dueling rules, which I, I think is a, it, that's a cool yeah, stretch that's goal. Awesome. Yes. Okay. Uh, my first one is called Dead Belt, a tabletop RPG for space cowboys. It is on Kickstarter. It is by a couple of Drakes who are, oh, I remember Navi Drake. Hold on. Uh, Sean and Navi Drake. Um, I follow them on Twitter. So that is, this was actually one that I had saved on Kickstarter and like it alerted me and I was like, oh, perfect. Nice. It's, the timing works out great. Um, so yes, uh, Dead Belt is a as you may have well larry is the osr guy i am the uh solo person (laughs) the solo rpg person who loves a good solo game um but uh the the interesting thing about this one is you could play solo you can play um co-op or you could play rivalry mode which is where Mm. you're trying to sabotage your co-op player um as you were both going through ships so basically you um are a scavenger of derelict spaceships and so the way the game is set up um there are i think it's cards yes it's uh ship deck plans and they look to be as if they are in like card format so you'd like pick different cards from a deck and then they have different effects based on where they are placed and stuff like that so uh there is a lot of replay value um and there's a bunch of prompts so through that randomness, you have a different ship that you are going through every time with different challenges that you will face. Um, and it's just really cool. Like the, like I would encourage you at the very least to look at the page, like the, um, art, the art direction, the art design is really slick. Um, I love the, uh, concept for it. Um, it uses a D6. It's pretty, it seems like the rules are pretty simple. The basic the basic PDF for the core game and the player kit with everything else is $20, so that's pretty reasonable for what you're getting. Um, and the standard kit, as they're calling it, is the... Um, the standard kit is uh, the printed version, and that's at $35. The licensed pro kit is at $55, which is all the previous tiers plus some extra stuff. And then there is the... Um, the old hat kit, the uh, highest tier, which is $80, which has everything, a unique credit, and then a physical copy of every stretch goal. And there's a lot of cool little things here. The They have a game cover that you get with the licensed pro kit and above. 
that um, actually has the name on the side because the thing about zine games is you put it on your shelf and you're like, I don't remember which one this is because it's staples. It's not a name. So it actually has the name on the side, which I think is very handy. Um, Yes. uh, Funding goal has been met. Um, They have a bunch of stretch goals and it's very interesting. They're doing a thing where they have social mini stretch goals where if they can get enough... um, like social interaction, like comments and stuff on their uh, Kickstarter, they will unlock different things. So that's that's a fun little way of doing that. They also have traditional funding stretch goals, um, such as adding new classes, expanding the achievement kit, which is another thing I didn't mention yet. They have uh, a, a this achievement kit that's included. So like, if you find a fun and unique way to die, you get an achievement for it. And so... That's just, I think that's cute, and it adds to replayability and stuff like that. Um, and then there's also, at uh, 20,000, a journal um, that you can memorialize uh, and track your history of stuff that as you play. But yes, so um, let me get to the stats. Uh, they are at uh, 27,000 right now of their 7,500 goals, so they blew past it. Uh, they have nine days to go. This ends on Wednesday, October 5th. Delivery is looking to be, uh, for everything, including the PDF or the uh, printed version, May of next year, 2023. I don't think they included what it costs for shipping. I think that comes later. But yeah, I guess my point is, this is a really cool, fun game, and look, or at least it looks like it, and like the art design is really cool. I n- have heard a lot of things and f- actively follow the creators on Twitter and like, Love all the things they produce. So, recommend it. It looks very cool, except should have been a D12. I mean, it's just right there. <laughs> I mean... D6s are... D12s are great. Come on. More D12s. More D12s. I mean, I guess. I guess you can make that point, since that is your... The hill you will die on. <laughs> exactly. It is absolutely a hill. And, and I will kill other people on this hill and stand on top of them <laughs> as I shout further into the heavens. I was just going to say, if you check out their FAQ on the the page for that they give you the shipping information on there they've got a couple oh. different hubs it's coming from but uh reasonable very reasonable ten dollars for us and and that's what i'm that's where i'm at but look at that investigative journalism yeah thank you for thank you yeah, hard hitting right As we know. a cool game yeah yeah i'm getting into more solo rpgs again i'm kind of designing mm-hmm. one ellen had a chance to look at it. it's very early but i, I think it's got potential so I'm definitely interested in seeing how other people do theirs as well. But uh, mine uses a D12, so it's obviously going to be better eventually. <laughs> All right. So my second one this week is on Kickstarter, and it is Owl Bear Omelette. And this is basically a, an updated version of an existing adventure. It was created by uh, Giles or Giles Pritchard. It's the fourth they've created. They've backed like 150. Uh, the last one that this person created was called Foundlings. It funded uh, in December of last year and appears to have been delivered on time, as promised. Currently, this one is not funded. It's at 76%, $746 on a goal of 982. That's converted to U.S. So it's not far, less than 200 bucks away, but it only has four days to go as of recording. So, And there's a good chance this won't come out till tomorrow. So by the time you hear this, if, unless you listen to it day one, it's going to be very, very tight. Um, so the king of goblins, that word, the king of goblins loves owlbear egg omelets. What can be said, you know, it's good to be the king. So in this game, you and your friends are not the kings. You are the other goblins, the worker goblins. And after a long night getting, uh, riled up on moonshine, 
you decide that it's very unfair that the king gets to chow down on Albert omelet and you don't. So you're basically, it's a heist adventure where you're trying to steal Albert eggs from your goblin king. It's a very funny rules, you know, sort of tongue in cheek type of a game. It has rules for doing of deeds, rules for hurts, traps, poison, uh, and the liberal application of moonshine, how to create your goblins, how to create goblin goals, extraction rules to complicate and bedevil even the most hard-boiled of goblins. Yes, there are lots of egg-based puns. <laughs> a selection of NPCs to face down, some random magic item charts, uh, and a random dungeon creation system as well. It's uh, designed for one-shots or a mini-campaign, you know, two to five short sessions, uh, and you need one goblin master and four other goblins. So this is an existing adventure that already exists in the world. This is just the updated version. It will be an A6 format, staple-bound Color cover, roughly 32 pages interior. Six bucks gets you the PDF US dollars, seven for the printed. And for $33, they will pre, uh, create a unique copy just for you. And shipping is estimated to be about three bucks, and delivery is expected in December of this year, 2022. Larry, how do you feel about egg puns? I like the, it reminded me of uh, Kobolds Ate My Baby, at least yeah. sort of initially there. I'm just wondering what is an A6 size? Oh. Uh, the, so like, that's smaller little... than an A5. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, you're right. I guess it is usually. That's not important. <laughs> it's very yeah, much. It's a, it's a, it, yeah, it's very much a sign. Okay. Like that's basically what you're looking at. So one of those like half page, you know, like folded pages, maybe, maybe even a slightly smaller than that. That's what you're getting. That again, is... six bucks for PDF. Mm-hmm. You know, if you thought any of the egg puns were funny, I think it's worth six bucks PDF because then you don't have to pay for shipping. And if you do want it, it's going to be seven plus three. So basically you're looking at 10 bucks for a printed copy of it. So I think for the egg puns alone, it might be worth that. Yeah. Bedeviling is what really got me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that one quite a lot. Yeah. I agree with that. Although on the prices, my concern here and maybe I don't, I can't say for sure. I've never run a Kickstarter. My one thing I will say is maybe they could have charged more and then they would have met their goal already. So I don't right. know. Like they, they, I know that it's very difficult and there's always a sweet spot because people think that they shouldn't have to pay for PDFs, even though as much work goes into the PDF as the printed copy. That's a different debate altogether. But um, I, that's just my only concern. I did just, you know, toss a pledge at this because I think it looks cute. So, um, and you're right, it is a very low price point, but that is also like, hmm, maybe it could have been a little higher. Someday, again, once we get enough clout, I want to bring on some experts and, and maybe do an episode about that because I know a couple of weeks ago, I did the one where the, they ended up canceling their, their campaign just days before it funded right. because they met their goal, but they were going to go bankrupt. Right. And I'd like to talk to somebody and talk about like, what is the science behind setting the goal? Yeah, because I, I went through that with the Catacon. I, I had a goal in mind for months, and then just days before we went live, I changed it. I, I got scared, and it's like, oh, am I asking mm-hmm. for too much? So I get the there's the the push and pull, because if they made it a little higher, they might have got less backers. But would mm-hmm. they? Have, wh- where does it equal out, the number of backers to the average pledge? I don't know. I know mm-hmm. I'm just saying what you're saying in a different way. But I would be curious, one, just because I'm maybe launching Kickstarter in the future, to get somebody who knows what the hell they're talking mm-hmm. about. <laughs> because I agree. It's, a lot of times I look at these, and I just go, that seems weird, and I don't know why they made that decision, but I hope they made it intelligently. They made it just, you know, like, there's a reason. I just don't know it. Yeah, top of the right. But yes, I, I agree with you. I think part of it might be the fact that it is already printed and available. So, like, it's the fact that it is a reprint, I don't know. So Yeah, that, that would be my guess. Yeah, that is not a abject criticism, and I did back it. It's just, like, uh, 
just a curiosity that I think we should investigate later. That would be the investigative journalism. That's right. Larry, you're on that, right? Well, I've, I've got some insiders at Critical Role. I think I can have one of them show up <laughs> okay. next week or so for a little chat. You know what? I think I could make time for that. I'll have to, ch- I'll have to check my calendar and get back to you. Uh, Matt Mercer on the phone for you, Michael. Can you take this? Yeah. Matt, what? I, I, don't, I don't know who that is. I'm not sure either. Some imposter, right? All right. So, again, going back to Kickstarter, this one is called The Monster Overhaul. And this is a massive role-playing game bestiary designed for at-table utility. So, the idea behind this one is you've got a monster manual here, and this pulls together a lot of classic monsters and some new monsters. But the idea here is on these uh, spreads, you're going to be able to open your book and it's going to have, a, I believe it's a, the two two page spread is going to be what they're ideally looking for for each monster. And it's going to be specifically, okay, here's your monster. Here's the minimum you need to know. And the rest of this room here is going to be ideas about Encountering this monster, where it's going to be encountered, random tables associated with this monster, other similar creatures that may be either found with this monster or be in the same type of vein where you're like, well, this creature, I'm looking, you know, a bugbear would fit here, but it's not really tough enough. Well, here's here's some other similar creatures that are more or less powerful that I can look at bringing in uh, here to sort of beef things up. And the the idea that they're at least putting forth here is that the way it's laid out is going to be something you can have beside of you. And if you need to change something on the fly or come up with uh, random encounters, it's built into the book. They have uh, different chapters focusing on uh, different types of things, and each they have it set up so you there's 20 different chapters, and I believe each chapter has at least 10 monsters in it. So they said if you just want something random, roll a d20 for the chapter, roll a d10 uh, or a d12 or something for the monster, and d12. it's going to take you straight to a creature here that you can open it up and scan it and have an idea that you can begin using immediately. Um, and that's way different than here's another monster book with 500 monsters, but it's a stat block and maybe, a you know, how they, they tend to do. Maybe there'll be a layer if it's something large or but uh, this is really specifically focusing on putting stuff in the book that you can flip and use within minutes to get you either planning something before your adventure or right at the table. Uh, but again, it's it's focused on like fantasy style uh, creatures. So your story here is this is going to be. Monsters like dragons, uh, sphinxes, minotaurs, uh, things of that nature. But they also do have, um, I've seen uh, man, like man-at-arms and smugglers and things, so you can have a, a makeup of your pirates and why the, what they're looking for, why they're in the area, that type of thing, so that can interact with, you know, so you have some motivation for them, which I think is probably one of the biggest helpful things when trying to play a character, play a monster interacting with your, your party. Or not a monster necessarily, but whatever, you know, whatever you are uh, representing there. So there's trying to put the tools you need without slowing down your session. And they go through it. There's a flip through um, animation up here that shows you the layout of the book and things. There are a lot of, they're saying it's very compatible. Um, It's again, focusing on the the number systems on the old school fantasy type games. So again, you're looking at old OSE, basic D&D. Labyrinth Lord, things of that nature that are looking at a a fairly small stat block and then the rest of the time or rest of the area is laid out for uh, 
here's mercenaries, reasons we can't fight, a D20 table, uh, mercenary reputations, leaders, things of that nature. So they're putting stuff right in front of you you can use. Um, now they've got uh, 200 plus monsters uh, with a table of contents that is very small. So if you have better eyes than I, I do, you could probably go through and pick out uh, and make sure some of your favorites are included in there. Um, they've put together a lot of art for this one. It's over 160 pieces of original art. So that's one of the main reasons they said this is bringing this to Kickstarter was to recoup money that's been you know paid for uh, as far as the art goes. More than 20 maps are in here and uh, they are broken down into labeled dungeons. So you may have um, a marine encounter. There's a picture of a shipwreck with uh, different levels to it and it's labeled out. So you could use that as your map. Um, and again, it goes into also talking about the random encounter tables and their random encounters type things are fleshed out um, so that you just don't get, well, here's a number of monsters. There you go. It's a number of monsters and this is why they're there. There's a reason for that. Uh, again, so there's just some more fleshing out and some more meat uh, for you to work with. So they do have what I thought was nice here. There's a not only is there a table of contents where you can just look at the broad terms, but they also have an alphabetical index of all the monsters in the back, which is going to be handy. Um, and then they do mention, again, the related creatures. So if you find a creature you're familiar with, there'll be a, a small list uh, also on that page telling you, if you like a lich, go ahead and check out this, this, and this. And that may bring up something that you, know, you might not have considered. And... Um, Honestly, the art that they show you is great. They go through and explain to you the, there's a, let's see, two people, I believe, on the writing team. One of them goes by the name Skirples, but he is uh, one of the things I'm familiar with. Tomb of the Serpent Kings is one uh, module he put out, which is a free introductory module. And that one I have seen all over the place for being recommended as a great starting module for not only for players new to the game, but for game masters new to the game it's well laid out and it goes through and it's it's sort of a teaching module so that one and it's been around for i want to say a couple of decades because i think i saw it sometime uh, 2012 or something like that but anyway uh, they do go through and tell you who's doing the art and they break down by chapter so if you have favorite artists you want to take a look at and see if they're involved in that great um, there's a lot of different people involved in this project uh, it's running until October 12th. David Sugars is the uh, one running the Kickstarter here. He's created, this is his fifth one, backed 43 different ones. The funding goal is 20000 They have surpassed that and are sitting above 95000 at this point. Uh, you can get a PDF of this for $20. The print and PDF version comes in at $50. Um, let us see, they've got a stretch goal of looking to upgrade the paper to an 80 pound sheet, which I mean, um, that sounds great, but I don't know what standard paper is, but that's a little heavier. <laughs> it's an A4 size hardcover book. It's going to be black and white on the in uh, interior with a hard cover and uh, full color also. So the PDF is going to have uh, hyperlinks and bookmarks in it, which I, I find very handy to use um, with those. Uh, again, mostly the book's almost done. It's been through a, an editing pass. Um, they're, again, looking to recoup money for pay for the printing and get an idea of the size of print run they're going to go with. Hoping to have this delivered by February 2023. 
Um, let's see, there is a Creative Commons license. If they hit their stretch goal for that, they're going to release the world map as a Creative Commons license. So that's I thought that was a nice gesture there. Uh, it does have um, an illustrated uh, height chart to show differing sizes with your monsters in there, which I thought was going to be neat. Those are always, for me, handy to look at just so you can get a, a real solid idea of it's a giant, but how big is this giant? So anyway, there are more to unlock as as it goes. Uh, again, it's running through the fifth or twelfth of October, so there's still time to get on, in on this. Yay! This one looks good. I'm I'm really interested in this one. So I don't want this to feel like it's a, a nitpick, but this is one thing that kind of stuck out to me. It's kind of weird. So they have a, a limited edition pledge level. It's $150. And it basically in there says, this is a limited edition by an author who doesn't like limited editions. It's numbered by hand and signed, but it's signed by the distributor, not the author. So the people who are printing the books, they're going to sign it. Like, why is that even a thing? It just seems weird. And it also says it's only 20, but then they had 30 of those, not 20. So I think this, they must have been pulling this guy's teeth or this person's teeth to make them do this, and they didn't want to. And they're like, fine, I'll do it, but I'm not really going to do it. So I don't know if I like that or dislike it, but it's definitely a hmm yeah, sort of thing for me. You're right. He didn't want to do that one, and that is weird. He's doing the numbering, and then, like you said, the distributor is going to be doing the signing. So that part is very weird. But he started, weird. he started out with 20. They sold out so fast, he went ahead and added 10 more. But, uh, again, he, this is... I mean, it's it's a weird pledge level. It is. It's, it's kind of a weird one. But I mean, again, uh, if 30 people wanted to do it and they, they had to add more, then I'm the fool, not them, I guess. That, you know? It's that angel thing, right? But uh, right. shipping is going to be collected with the pledge. There's not going to be a pledge manager for this one. Um, $10 for US, 20 Canadian, and I've got $15 for the UK. So, um, you know, t- uh, take a look uh, at, at shipping, too, if you're interested in getting the physical book. There is a Very at a hundred thousand. There is a really cool Albert die cut sticker. That, I was I literally like about to mention that. Yeah, that's a neat looking sticker, and it reminds me of like where the wild things are for sure. Yes. But uh, anyway, you know that this thing's moving up there. It's over ninety five thousand, but we'll see how high it goes. I'm not ashamed to say that I backed this at the sixty dollar level in order to get all the physical add ons, which includes you. the stickers. So <laughs> I wanted the stickers. So. Nothing wrong with stickers. Yeah. Plus the height chart's really cool. And that's like a cool addition. Anyway, moving on. (laughs) Ellen, what is your second one? I've been seeing this one all over my Twitter, so I'm very interested because I don't know what it is, but it's it's been in my face a lot. So I'm happy to learn now what this is. Okay. So Apocalypse Keys. This is another one that I had as like saved on Kickstarter to alert me when it went live. Uh, This is by Evil Hat Productions, which I think needs no introduction. So it is a Powered by the Apocalypse game. And in my mind, just reading through it, it seems very similar to Monster of the Week. But instead of like where a couple of the people, a couple of the playbooks are monsters, all of the playbooks are monsters. So ah. you are you are a monstrous being, which um, can be a variety of different things. Like one of the playbooks is The Last, which is the lone survivor of an apocalypse on an alien world. So it's not even just like traditional, you know up in the dark monsters it's any kind of thing that is not human mm-hmm. and some of the other playbooks are the shade the summoned the found the fallen the hungry and the surge so like i think they picked good names for all of those things they're very evocative um mm-hmm. so the idea is you are working for an organization that is trying to prevent doomsday and 
normal, quote unquote, normal people would fear you. But they would maybe fear the things that are like trying to destroy the world a little more. So that is why you are trying to use your powers for good and to help people. And so part of this um, is definitely going to be like resisting dark temptations, which is a theme in Monster of the Week as well. And I just love this. I have only played a little bit of Monster of the Week, but I loved it. Like, I love Power by the Apocalypse because it gives you a lot of room to move. And you can kind of just make up what you want to do. And then, like, it's the storyteller's job to, like, decide if that needs a role and what kind of role that is and etc. Uh, it contains, the book contains six mysteries with um, NPCs, locations, stakes. Um, so you can run it as a full campaign or a one shot. Which I, I always like when books include um, content for you to run because that means it's less for me to make up on my own. Uh, game mechanics focus on both emotions and, it, this is in bold, what the darkness demands. So there's a narrative for players to push and pull against fighting or giving into the darkness of your character's abilities. So that's the kind of like, I like creating characters that have some sort of internal struggle. So the fact that this is baked into the game is like, oh, that's awesome. Love that. But yes, yeah, so... The uh, lowest pledge level is the um, uh, PDF and print-on-demand edition, which is $25. You get the PDF, you have um, access to the Roll20 Kickstart module with an intro mystery. Uh, you uh, get the purchase code for IS... Yes, it is DriveThruRPG, so you get the print-on-demand through DriveThruRPG at the, uh, you know, at that print cost, not like a upcharge. And then PDFs of all of the stretch goals. Uh, it also creates a community copy of Apocalypse Keys, which we are always fans of when that happens. Um, at $50, there you get the hardcover and the PDF. Oh, and all, also at $50, but a different option is the Roll20 bundle and the PDF. So if you want, know you're going to play digitally, you can get that. If you know you're going to play physically or in person, you can get the um, book. Uh, they have a retailer tier. They also have the, um, I, this is probably going to be my pick for the Kickstarter, and I don't think of this ever ahead of time, but the reason is because at the, and I really wish I had the money in real actual life, not just the fake game we play at the end of this podcast, to, um, pledge at this level, because the, like, big bundle is so cool. They have so many little add-ons, but the, like, you get the, um, special edition cover of the book, which I didn't cover and that's because it was out of order because I already budged at that level. So uh, uh, that's $75 for the special edition hardcover, which looks really cool. It's like, it looks like a plain black book unless you tilt it and then you see that it has like that UV covering where you can see it's all like shiny and very neat. Um, but the Omen class bundle, as they are calling it, is the um, exclusive $175 bundle. Uh, the coolest thing for me, and I'm just cheesy and like to collect things, is they have a USB with the PDF loaded onto it, but it's in the shape of a key. That's just really cool to me. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, But they also have all kinds of other things, including physical copies of like each of the playbooks separated out. So if you have a physical table, you can just hand them out and people can refer to them very easily instead of having mm. the whole book or PDF in front of them. It also that bundle also includes all the roll twenty content as well, so um, I'm really excited about this one. I don't know whether or not I will run it. I think I will get the book and hand it to someone and be like, "I want you to run this for me." 
guess what? You're going to play this game for me, or you're running this game for me. Yeah, Basically, absolutely. I'm actually very good at convincing people to do that. So that's one yeah. of my hidden talents. So I'm I'm very hit or miss on Power by the Apocalypse. Uh, the two that I have played that I've really enjoyed is Monster of the Week. I've played that multiple times, and Masks. I've played both of those, and I've thoroughly enjoyed them. But I've played some others that just didn't work for me. Uh, and the idea of everyone playing monsters, I do actually really like. I think that is a, a neat sort of twist. I think this is one that I would, I'd certainly be willing to try it to see if I enjoy it as much as the other. This is completely dumb of me. My apologies. But if you go to the reward tier, the very first reward tier is the $25 one. Mm-hmm. But their formatting is 25 hyphen but then after the PDF, they have the plus symbol. So it makes it look like a math equation. And it looks like it's 25 minus PDF plus POD. That's bad formatting. That should be like a colon or a semicolon or something because it does it on all those. It looks like it's a math equation every time. So I just, my brain would not let me go past that. I had to, I kept, like, I kept going, what? But so no yeah, matter what, stupid. every time you do the equation, it equals fun. It equals fun, exactly. <laughs> you know what? See, you solved it. But uh, this is definitely one I, I actually have not backed any of the nine yet. And usually by the time we get here, I've backed one or two. Uh, this one is definitely high on my list of actually backing, whether or not it's my Kickstarter we have yet to see. Hey, Michael, you want to run this game for me? You know what? I'd rather play it if you know anybody. <laughs> hey, Larry, you want to run this game for us? I've never run a Powered by the Apocalypse game. Oh, you'll Yet. be fine. It's easy. Uh, we, we'll, is there going to be a print or a PDF version by a catacon? Like it says, this one of those. Don't you get? There's the, a prototype. Yeah, version. right okay. now you get the prototype. Yeah. So maybe at a catacon we can find someone to run it. Mm-hmm. All right. So my third one this week is Vault Fifth Edition Uncharted Journeys, and this is on uh, Kickstarter. This is created by Cubicle Seven Games. This is the first they've created. They haven't backed any. But Cubicle 7 is an established game company. They have created games like the Doctor Who RPG, Warhammer, Age of Sigmeyer, Soulbound, and and lots of others. So there's a very established pedigreed company. They just are kind of new to the Kickstarter thing. There's only eight days left to go as of recording. It ends on October 4th. It is currently 291% funded, so roughly about 28000 on their original goal of a little under ten. And the description here is from the award-winning team that brought you Doctors and Daleks, Adventures in Middle-Earth, and Victorian 5e comes Uncharted Journeys. Oh, that's weird the way I wrote it there. <laughs> Anyways, this book brings detailed travel rules to 5th edition of the world's most popular role-playing game and provides in-depth simple rules for creating memorable and compelling journeys, making travel fun and rewarding for your 5e game. So of the three pillars, exploration in D&D is often the one that is looked over easiest, has the less, least amount of support, and is very much yada, yada, yada. You know, I talk about all the time, if my characters have to get to the Cave of Wonders and it's a week's travel, I'll be like, and a week later, you get to the Cave of Wonders because that's where the next fun part is. And what this absolutely appears to me to be, they are taking the rules from like Forbidden Lands, and which are very similar in the One Ring, both Free League games, which I'm a big fan of Free League, and they're bringing those to D&D. So you're going to have different roles that members of your party can take inside the exploration aspect. So you'll have a quartermaster who helps sort of manage the the supplies that you have. You'll have a leader who will probably choose which direction you go, an outrider who will advance scout for to see if there's hazards or ambushes ahead. And then you're going to have some roles that you need to make to see if you screw that up or not, which again, if you play Forbidden Lands, that's how that works a lot. I haven't tried One Ring, but it seems like it's very similar. 
And then you can have hilarity or adventure ensue if your leader picks the wrong direction or your outrider misses the ambush or your quartermaster loses your camping gear. And so you have to camp out in the middle of a rainstorm with no gear. I absolutely think that is what they are doing. And I have absolutely no problem with it because I actually really enjoy that aspect of Forbidden Land. So it feels to me like they've taken Forbidden Lands inside here. Let's put this aspect of that game inside of D&D. I am here for it. Uh, it also includes charts for random encounters as well as how to build ancient sites, which again is straight from Forbidden Lands. There's a $30 pledge for the PDF and all the stretch goals. There's a $50 pledge for the PDF plus a hardcover and all of the stretch goals. Digital fulfillment is October this year, so next month. And then physical should be April of next year. Shipping is estimated to be about 10 bucks in the U.S. Are either of you familiar with Forbidden Lands or um, One Ring? Forbidden Lands, yes. One Ring, no. As far as like, how you were describing it, yeah, exactly. I'm, but you said the hilarity ensues. I thought it was more like, oh, we'll get sick and we all die is usually how that happens when this there's a bad theory. decision. You have to figure out like what's funny for you because I, I one of the times I played Forbidden Lands as a one shot, we had a, just a compounding amount of bad rolls, and we ended up losing our camping gear, setting camp on top of a fire ant hill, and then there was like a storm. It was like the three worst things all together, and it was awful. But it, it was so awful it became funny. Okay, yeah, you had to roll or lean into it, right? Exactly. And that's all you can do at that point. Some, some days when you're on an anthill and they're biting you everywhere, you just have to be like, this is funny. I just want to add that the interior mock-up, uh, the book looks really good. It looks very slick. It looks very polished. So this is definitely looks like a good option for anyone who is interested in like this adding like to the exploration pillar of their games. Mm -hmm. Which again, I usually skip over because I'm not good at it. This mm -hmm. probably would help me be a better DM for those types of games. So it's also high on my list of things I'm not actually back and pick for my Kickstarter this week. All right, Larry, what you got for number three, sir? My third one is again on Kickstarter. This one is called Castles and Crusades, the Codex Cenarum. Uh, they had released six previous Codex books, each detailing a specific sort of mythic setting like one for the vikings one for egypt they had done one for classic greece um, etc and this one is going to be focused on ancient china so this uh mythos series brings a host of gods and heroes legends and lore to the gaming table for the castles and crusades system this again is their seventh volume they are a $1,000 goal. They are over 11000 on funding right now. It's got 25 days to go, so this runs through October 20th. I was spent some time over the last couple of days on their Discord server talking to some people about this particular uh, Kickstarter because, as you guys may be familiar with, in the past, the gaming industry hasn't been particularly had really awesome presentation of like Asian cultures and things of that nature. And they've had like the old Oriental adventures and they've, there were some issues with that for sure. So the fellow that is doing this one um, has created, it's the same guy that did uh, the other six uh, of them so far. And his name is Brian Young. He's got a degree in history. He has a master's degree in Celtic history. Um, he, the other books have, have been well done, well received. I am hopeful. Um, really, have no reason to expect any trouble from this. It's just the what it's dealing with. I'm just hoping it's treated uh, 
you know, with the same respect as as the Vikings and things of that nature. Which again, it's gamifying it, but let's make sure it's done uh, in a in a very you know positive way. Again, it's the same author that's done the first uh, six of these, so they're going to have a. It's trying to bring the grandeur, history, and myth of of ancient China through into your Castles and Crusades game, which is sort of an offshoot of a, a I think, second, third edition, early third edition type D&D, except it doesn't really have a skill system unless you want to get into the different options and things. So it's a it's it's a more basic version, so it fits it like into your old school type things. So um, this one, taking a look at this codex here, uh, it's got... Taking a look at the mythic history, it's going to be taking a look at the physical land, the geography of the land, the way the borders changed over times, talking about using um, different maps from different dynasties, uh, talking again with magical, divine, and celestial lands also being detailed in here. There's going to be a bestiary of beasts and mighty beings, so you're going to have entities from uh, Chinese tales, mythology, filling uh, a full chapter on that. They're also doing one dealing with just the deities um, from, it says, from antiquity up to the Yuan dynasty, as well as dealing with the way their calendar system works. So they're trying to incorporate all of this into a system that's workable, so if you want to base your game there, you're going to have a lot to lean on to make it I say standardized, like as far as uh, having systems for enacting your seasons and festivals and things of that nature. They're going to have a different chapter dealing with the specific types of magic they're introducing in here. There's going to be sorcery, spellcrafting, um, and they specifically mention fortune telling. So I'm hoping this one is just going to be some sort of augury, and please don't let there be little cookies you open up. That's that's all I'm hoping for at this point. Um but they're going to also go into some of the eccentric wizards and wise hermits of the ages uh, and give some strange places for them. Um, goes through the elaboration of all that magic stuff in this one particular chapter. They're also introducing uh, chi and its use as an ability. So we're going to see how they kind of handle that sort of spiritual energy that you can transform into something. Um and then they're going to have specifically a chapter dealing with warriors. Uh, they're going to have, through history, warriors, generals, soldiers uh, from the early periods up through the Yuan dynasty. Um, they're also introducing a system to deal with Wushu, Wulin, Wuxia, and uh, a castles and crusades type of martial arts system. So there's a lot of stuff that's uh, going to be brought forth in here. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, the The guys over at Troll Lords have good editors. They are. I've spent a lot of time over there on their discords, talking to them over the past few weeks uh, for other reasons. And I I really like the company. What they're the games that they're bringing out. Everybody's been positive, and I'm just hoping this comes across really well. And they produce a, a great book in you know in the line of their other codexes, and it's just something you can game with and enjoy. Um, but again, uh, as far as the numbers on this one go, uh, it's being ran by Stephen Chenault. Uh, he's created 38 different Kickstarters, backed 32 of them. Um, Trollord Games has been going for since 1999. They've unlocked the first three stretch goals. Uh, they're going to hopefully add some more player material and another adventure if they keep unlocking the stretch goals. Uh, delivery is looking to be September of next year. 
Uh, it's $15 to get in for the PDF version, $35 for your print and PDF version. Those are discount prices over there. If you go to their website and buy the current versions, I think their PDFs usually run $19.99, and it's like $39.99 for the print. And to get them both, it's like $49. So it, it's a, if you want to get it, get it ahead of time and uh, save some money on it. It's about 176 pages and hardcover so with a sewn binding so let's let's have at it the art that they're showing i think looks good again they've produced high quality books in the past i'm hoping you know to continue the trend yeah when you when you first brought this one up and i looked at it there was a bit of oh yikes uh-huh but it sounds like there's a bit of more sensitivity and actual research being done still doesn't guarantee that it'll be handled appropriately but it sounds like they have a track record of doing that because I would love for people who want this type of content to be able to get it and have it brought to them in a way that isn't insensitive to the cultures they're representing. So I don't know myself. It sounds like they're doing the right things. Hopefully mm-hmm. it goes well. And again, this is a book that people absolutely want and they get a good version of it. So I, I hope it continues to do well. Um, and I- Oh, I have one little quick edit. I was mistaken. Uh, Brian Young is the guy who's doing the books. He's got a PhD in Celtic studies and has a Arthurian studies in, I guess, masters and a history bachelor. So um, there's that. Yeah. Okay. And I was going to say in the little blurb about the author, um, it also includes that he has an Irish and Japanese ancestry. So like, oh. I think that is partially like, and obviously not all Asian cultures are the same, but I Perfect. think the fact that um, they included that means to me that they are aware of the general issues that have existed in the uh, sphere before and want to like put it at the forefront like hey we're not necessarily a team of all just you know white guys and i say this as a white person myself so um you know just like taking history and like running over it roughshod and so i think that is uh it shows that they are aware of it and want to put the fact that they are trying like forward Mm -hmm. Also, uh, just, this is just about the um, uh, pledge levels. I will say that um, if you have never seen this before and you're interested in the Complete Mythos series, uh, there's a pledge level at $160 where you get all of them, the whole, like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them uh, in the series uh, for $160 print and digital. So, like, that'll probably be pretty hefty in terms of shipping. But it's a significant discount on what it would cost if you were buying them each individually. So that's like yeah. that's very cool too. Yeah, their shipping will be done through Backerkit after they close the Kickstarter. But yeah, that's a good mention because I they had a sale on their website and I got all six of those in print and digital, and it was a yes, it was a hefty book. <laughs> Excellent. All right, so Ellen, bring us home. What's your third one this week? Yes, my third one is not on Kickstarter. It is on Backerkit. It is called The Weird by Monty Cook Games, which also needs no introduction. Um, so uh, this is very cool. It is not an adventure. It is not a bestiary. It is not anything very, like, it's not anything that we have in any of the categories that we have discussed so wait, far. Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying it's weird? weird? Yeah, I am saying it's weird. Um, so it is essentially... My understanding of it, because I've looked at the preview PDF, it is like like an encyclopedia of ways that you can have different 
items or people or objects and make them strange. Like, make them stranger. And it's stranger in different ways. They have four uh, different tiers of weird, which I think is very uh, cute and fun. And they are interesting, whimsical, interesting, yes, interesting, surprising, gonzo, and whimsical. There we go. Um, And so they have different um, explanations for what those types of weird are. Like, interesting is like, oh, yeah, that cat is red instead of being like a normal cat color. Whereas whimsical is like, oh, that cat um, can make you have dreams or something. Or the surprising one, I think, for the example for the cat was that it can talk. And mm-hmm. the Gonzo example was that it doesn't cough up hairballs, it coughs up many robotic versions of itself. <laughs> so those are like the examples of how those different types of weirdness will manifest. And so the um, the free PDF, you can take a look at it, uh, see what the weird has to offer. The layout is very interesting. I My one hesitation for that is... I wonder how, like, well screen readers will handle it, but the fact that it's coming from Monte Cook Games means, like, they have the infrastructure to make sure that, like, it is usable for people who right. need it, like, extra tools to read it. But it's just, like, it's not, the layout itself is not set up in your traditional, like, uh, two columns on each page of text and that sort of thing. It's very cool looking, but it is whimsical and strange. Um, intentionally so. Uh, but... It looks very cool. Like, this is a, a great addition to um, any DM table because if you just... The, I run into the trap of, like, oh, are all of my encounters the same? And it's and there is a certain amount of um, preparedness and planning you have to put into something to make it consciously different from other things you have presented before your players... Because everyone has their own style and everyone has their own inclination. So especially for things that you are pulling up on the fly, they might seem a little similar to things you've done before just because you have your comfort zone. So this, as a reference, is going to be amazing for like, oh, I have this type of NPC or I have this type of location. Let me go to the index, find this, and say, oh, there's this weird thing about it. And like that can change an encounter completely. Because players love to be presented with things that are out of the norm. Yeah. I, I agree. And as someone, I just like to throw random details into my encounter sometimes. And that's always what they focus on. Yes. Like, oh, the cat in the corner has a red hue. I just made up a number or a color. And all of a sudden they're like, it must be the most important thing in the room. <laughs> right. So being able to have help doing those things is would be a cool asset. Exactly. So the original goal was uh, $50,000. They are at over $300,000 at this point. They have 12 days left. The project ends on October 7th. Any digital reward tier, you get one of the digital rewards. So you get the weird in PDF, the Glimmering Valley, which I didn't mention, but is an adventure that they are also offering as part of this. I, I assume it is also weird. I honestly, it's a it's an adventure for Numenera. I don't play Numenera. I didn't look at it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, um, but uh that is also on offer. And then the weird minis uh, STL files, so you can 3D print them. If you want every digital reward, it is uh, a discount instead of buying each of them separately at $18. Uh, that's $40. You get the weird in PDF, the Glimmering Valley, the weird deck, which is the card deck that you can, um, which is probably more useful if you are have it physically, because then you can shuffle and pull cards. But, right. you know, um, and the, the sites deck and the weird minis. Uh, at 
$45, you get the physical version. Um, you also get the PDF. $55. Oh, that $45 was the glimmering value. $55 was the weird. You get both books at $90. Um, and the books, including the decks, is $145. And you get the deluxe edition, which is really cool looking. It It is a very neat looking book. And then there's also a retailer tier. tier. Monty Cook makes really cool but very expensive things. Yes. Yes. So I am not ashamed to say that I was like, I'm backing this digitally because I think this will be a very large book. It's going to be a cool book, no lie. But I, based on the other things that I have, I can afford to have it in PDF and have it searchable because that is also Mm, a big advantage. Like you can control F as you are playing and find Mm. something much easier than flipping through pages. So, but that is personal preference. All right, Larry, what's your history with Monty Cook games? I went I went all in on the played Numenera a few years ago and kept up with the Numenera stuff. I've got their fifth edition conversions to the the things they've put over the last couple of years for fifth edition. Like you're saying, the the books, the writing, the content is always it's top notch, honestly. I mean the, the design and everything in there, the art production is great. Um it just on the one hand, you have a crowdfunding uh, project, and it's like this is a pre-order for you guys. This is not, you know, we're not raising funds. We're, we're pre. This is a pre-order. So, I mean, there's a there's three hundred grand that the indie developers aren't going to get. You know what I mean? That right, people yeah. can. I don't know. I. But as far as the other products, it's worth it. Um, but. Whew. I've backed many of their campaigns at some stupid levels before. Yeah. And I'm happy to do it because I actually do think the Monty Cook Games Company is, is I they believe in a lot of things I believe in. I'm happy to support them because then they turn around and they support other people mm-hmm. and they, you know, they, they give jobs to people, that kind of thing. But I have the Invisible Sun Black Cube. Never touched it. I've heard that from some people. Never opened it. Mm-hmm. So I, I probably will not back that. Just not just for that reason. That I, not that I've been burned. I still support the company, but. I just don't know that I'm actually going to use it. That's that's my fear. But maybe if someone else does, then I get to see it in use and I can always pick because it will definitely be in retail. Like you said, this is not an exclusive thing. It will be in stores at some point. I'll be able to pick it well, up. Well, I, I would like to follow Ellen's path here and get the PDFs. But if I buy a PDF, I tend to never open it. And man, oh, really? I have a hard, I have an external hard drive full of PDFs and I never look at it. I just keep adding new ones. Like I just got a Kickstarter the other day. Like, here's your PDF, boop, went in the hard drive, I'll probably never open it. Now, the dice, I've got a set of those, uh, not like not like those, but I have a couple silicone sets of dice, and I love them. And mm. I like the design on their dice, that's mm. great. But, boy, I know there's going to be so many kernels of stuff you can use here, and no matter what game you're running, you can make it weirder, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. <sighs> oh, and I forgot the timeline completely. Uh, the books will be ready uh, September of next year, and so will the dice and miniatures. Uh, the decks... Uh, of cards will be ready in spring of 2024. All right, very cool. Uh, so quickly to shout outs, I already did it at the top. I'll do it again at Catacon, November 4th, 5th, and 6th. Uh, please come play games with us. We It absolutely will be a wonderful time. I will do everything I can to make sure that happens for you. If you want to come, if you have any questions, reach out to me. But it's in Dayton, Ohio. It's not the greatest place to be in on November, but hey, we're going to be there, so that'll make it great. Uh, we have a, a block of rooms at the attached Radisson it's 9 to 11 Friday and Saturday, 9 to 6 on Sunday. There's going to be a karaoke event this year. We're going to have a costume contest this year. We have the most support we've ever gotten from play-to-win games, prizes. It, there's so many. It's almost 
ridiculous how many prizes we're going to be giving away this year. So please show up, have fun with us, play some games. Larry, any shout-outs from you? Yes, I just have one for um, MCC, um, Mutant Crawl Classics, slash DCC, Dungeon Crawl Classics. It's called Unnatural Selections. Again, this one is also on Kickstarter. This is an expandable monster collection. Uh, Goodman Games uh, has backed it, so you know they tend to do that with anything compatible with their systems. It's $3,500 goal. It's bypassed it. It's up over 4000 now, but um, Luau Lu from This Old Dungeon Podcast, and he's usually, you'll find him on some other ones, has written several things. This is one of them. Um, some monsters and everything for your DCC or MCC games in a, like the old style, uh, was it monstrous manual, like in a, in a folder binder mm. where you can uh, yeah. take your uh, and move your sheets around and stuff. And it, there's a bunch of monsters in there. So if you play that game, uh, just ch- check it out. It's reason- very reasonable. And I uh, hope he does well in this one. And then Ella, I didn't check. Do you have a shout out? My shout out is to me. <laughs> and by that I mean, I have never mentioned this on this podcast. I take art commissions. So if anyone's looking for art and wants to look at my Twitter and says, oh, I like your style, hit me up. That is my, I shouted as myself. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. So that we're going to move into the end game here. And that is our Going Last Memorial Kickstarter event. Again, Going Last is one of my favorite podcasts for a very long time. Sadly, it has faded, but Rich and Kenneth are still in my hearts. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at the nine official campaigns that we took a look at. And each of us are going to pick which one, if we had all the imaginary money in the world, we could back it at any level we wanted. But in doing so, we would be forever excluded from ever even looking at or touching or playing the others. Which of these nines would you pick start? So, Larry, I'll start with you today, sir. What of these nine is your, I guess, top choice is another way to think of it. But what is your pick starter? Well, with uh, throwing the imaginary uh, RPG Academy money around, I am going mm. to go in at the Gonzo level for the weird because mm. I know uh, to me it's going to be worth it. But I, I'm going to use your money, not mine, if you don't mind. <laughs> and Fair. Yeah, I'm in for sure. That is how this game works. All right. Fantastic. And then, Ellen, what about you? Um, I would be very sad to not get the other two of mine because, you know, I come to this show with things that I am very, like, interested in and excited mm-hmm. about. So, but I would absolutely go all in on the Apocalypse Tease one because I want that, it's so weird, I just want that USB that looks like a key that's like the coolest keepsake that's such a good idea, I cannot justify it in real life, but if I had your money, I would absolutely do it. Fair, definitely fair. Uh, there's a part of me that wants to go with the Albert omelet because it's only ten bucks and it'd just be funny. I think Daybreak would be a game, game, great game. It's probably a game I will eventually buy, like in retail. Um, that Uncharted Journeys is probably the one that I would most likely to actually use and make my games, you know, better. Not that it's the best product, but it's the one that I probably would actually use. But looking at these nine, I'm gonna go with Apocalypse Keys. I'm gonna go with the all-in level for there. I think that. Custom cover looks incredible. That solid black, but it's got that. I, I would call it like reticular. I know that's not the actual technology, but that's what makes me think of. Mm-hmm. So I'm a kid where you turn it certain ways, it catches the light, and you can see it. I also think the key USB is a cool mm-hmm. thing because that's the sort of sort of thing that I would actually make like a real prop, like play like a modern game or something, and physically let the characters find it, put it into their computer, and then you know, like that would just be 
cool. That'd be amazing. But I'm sure it will break so easily. <laughs> no offense. It's going to, it's going to break. <laughs> Third time you use it, it's going to break. Uh, but that looks really cool. So I would go all in Apocalypse Keys. All right. Well, thank you both so much. Oh, sorry, Larry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I don't know if it makes a difference to you guys, but they did unlock on the Apocalypse Keys. They unlocked the spot gloss on the standard edition too. So it's going to have an mm. upgraded cover, but it won't be quite as cool. Well, if I have all the money, I'll just get one of each. Of I'll course. get the standard sure, cover so and true. the uh, oh my god! You could retail our back it and send us the extras. <laughs> We've beaten the system. <laughs> uh, but thank you both for being here. Really appreciate it. I, I, I love that we have different philosophies and interests, and we bring them together. And I always find something that ends up costing me money at some point. I, my Kickstarter budget has been destroyed <laughs> since we started this this show. Um, but thank you both for joining me. I really appreciate it. Larry, one more time, where can people find you on the internet if they want to come hang out with you or they want to show you something they're doing that maybe you'll bring to the table? It's bring me your crowdfunding. Uh, on Twitter, it's uh, Mom. Mumphrey 999 and um, Mumphrey's Musings on AnchorCast. Fantastic. Ellen, same for you. If somebody wants to come and, and show you something that you will want to buy or they want to come check out your art, where would they go? Uh, you would find me at Ellen underscore Delina, D-A-L-I-N-A on Twitter. And I have links to everything else I do there. So come look at my art. Let Fantastic. Me fund my Kickstarter habit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like almost like money laundering. They send you money, but then you send it to Kickstarter and backer kit. Yeah. Um, so you can find me, of course, at the RPG Academy. That's where I'm most active. Um, I do all kinds of different stuff. Tweaming, streaming, Twitch, Twitter, everything. But find me at the RPG Academy. Um, also check out Show and Tell. Um, that is a show that we do that very much is a sort of a sister show to this where Tom interviews people who are doing projects. Very often those projects are on crowdfunding at some point in time. So these are more in-depth interviews about currently funded projects. We are always looking for guests to come on to that show. I don't know if we made it totally public information, but there was a time when we would commission those episodes, but we are not doing that. So anybody has been on our show for like the last year, that's, they're not paying us for that. They are just Someone that has reached out, Tom thought their project was interesting, so he sets aside a time for it. So you don't have to pay us for that promotional. If you have something you want to share, send it to us. We may not pick it, but if we do, it's free other than your time to come on the show and that kind of stuff. So uh, we'd love to get more and more people involved because I, that is one of my favorite shows that we do right now. I just I love him talking to all these different creators and getting kind of the inside scoop on what's going on. So with that, we will sign off by saying, as we always do, if you're having fun, you're doing, doing it right. It right. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize, but there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy, or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can. 
and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. The music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.